Hello, and welcome to the Peach Basket, where the pundits discuss the present performance of professional players. This is Basket Hall, here with my co-host, we got PJ and Bebo. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing well. Alive and well. Good, good. Peter, how are things in your world? You know, Chris, or should I call you basketball, uh, I am lucky to be alive. Living life. Great perspective. Happy to hear it. That's better than the uh, the winter blues that many have this time of year. So <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so we're going to jump in. We got some perspectives, some reactions uh, about All-Star Weekend, the All-Star festivities. Uh, so I don't know about you guys. I actually officially gave a nickname to this past All-Star Weekend. I called it uh, hashtag new format. Uh, they tried a couple new things, some mixed results. There's maybe some better things they should try. We'll get to that. We'll get to some uh, some suggestions and things. Uh, but I figured we take this kind of night by night, event by event, and just get some feedback, get some reactions here. So Friday night, we had the Rising Stars game and the Celebrity game. Did you guys happen to catch either of those live and have any reactions? Emo, start with you. All right. Um, celebrity game, I am a frequent... Uh, person that does not tune into that and i didn't i did not break my streak this year i again did not tune in for me that's one of those games where literally anything could happen so you could have people that come in and they want to prove that they have a basketball skill set that could be a celebrity that's in the music world in the movie world or just in general a you know a popular person and sometimes people have something they got to prove. They come in there, they prove it. Others times they don't. And regardless, nothing really comes of it. So for me, that's a non-watch. Uh, I did catch the Rising Stars, and I did enjoy the new format. I think the the kind of the early favorite to win, um, CBS.com, CBSSports.com had a little segment that predicted that uh, Cade Cunningham's team would be the winner. And surprisingly enough, they did win. So um, I, th I think that uh, that little play in tournament where they had, you know, four different teams, they mixed in some of the G league. I think that was a good perspective on something that may have grown a little stagnant. So I, I enjoyed it myself. I don't know what you guys thought, whether you missed the old format or the new, but um, for me, it was a, it was a, a win. I enjoyed that. All right, Peter, what, what about you? Uh, so the celebrity game falls into the category of a hard pass for me. Um, <laughs> I value my time overall, and that is a giant waste of time, in my humble opinion. Uh, the Rising Stars game was, to me, it was a little bit confusing uh, because I kind of turned in casually, uh, and I was expecting... Uh, more of the rookie sophomore game, like where you see like the first year players and the second year players. And I quickly caught on to what was going on as like far as the tournament uh, format. Um, it was not my favorite thing, but I applaud them for trying to be creative. All right. All right. So, uh, first thing I heard was two people saying no watch on the Rising Stars game. So I suppose I will be the lone pundit to give any feedback on the Rising Stars game. Um, 
Actually, I would turn this into a, a challenge to see if you guys could name people that were in it, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> but uh, so as I correctly predicted last time, Miles Garrett was dunking on everybody. Uh, he also had a pretty sweet block on Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, well worth checking that one out. What I did not predict was some of the other dunks. So I don't know if you guys saw the, there was an Olympic high jumper that was playing. So he had a couple, he had a putback dunk, he had a breakaway dunk, um, which is pretty nice. I enjoy seeing people that aren't particularly known for basketball. That's not their primary um, uh, association actually playing and doing something that's uh, remarkable in any way. But other than those couple of highlights, maybe you guys are right. There really wasn't much to get too excited about. And sadly, Team Neek lost. Uh, again, I know he's one of our listeners, so sorry, Dominique. We'll get him next time. Um, <laughs> but I, I will agree, it's a celebrity game. It's filler. It's not the main event. Uh, to me, it's really there to get celebrities to the weekend, generate some interest, some hype. Um, for really the, the better part of Friday night, as you guys already called out, the Rising Stars Challenge. And if do you, any of you guys know why Clorox is the sponsor of this? Does that make any sense to you guys? COVID, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have I have literally no idea why they would be the uh, dominant sponsor in a an event that fe- literally has nothing to do with bleach. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you why. So I'm, I'm going to go with Peter's uh, reasons, COVID. That's the reason for everything. Uh, so, yeah, as you guys talked about, uh, Brett, you mentioned this is one of the things, hashtag new format. So still t- team competition. There were four teams of seven players in a bracket tournament. Uh, things that I liked, they were close games. It seemed competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that that was an element that was brought to the Rising Stars Challenge. But at the same time, I I watch those games with the hope that it's going to be like the rookie sophomore games of the past. And that would give me more to root for, more to focus in on. I actually don't follow the G League. I couldn't name players in there unless they were you know, coming back from rehabbing from injury to come back to the NBA. Give me the NBA players. I don't, I don't want these other guys. Yeah, and I think you know, that's why there was only four G league players. I mean, the G league is a league where you can literally have a guy that averages 40 plus a game, uh, as evidenced by Isaiah Thomas recently. And, you know, I think that that is a league where defense is a scarcity. Um, I think that, you know, if that's even possible when comparing it to another league, if you will. But um, for me, the the G League is not really there to create more interest, but the G League is there for player development. And I think that, you know, there's a good chance that some of those guys are going to play a few years there and they're never going to get a chance to be spotlighted or put on a stage and I just think it's uh, an opportunity to engage some of those players that have really been working hard, putting in the time and effort, and maybe deserve a spot on an NBA roster. Because let's be honest, how many NBA scouts are doing that much work when it comes to going to some of these G League games other than just checking stats on a sports page? I don't know. Um, maybe they are, maybe they're not, but, uh, you don't see too many G league players being called up. And I think this is a great way for at least a few of them to get their 15 minutes of fame, if you will, and to be able to demonstrate why they potentially belong in the league. So I'll, I'll see what your guys thoughts are on that. Peter, what do you think? 
Um, I think as far as my thoughts on that, um, I think that they were just trying to be creative. And I think that they were also trying to showcase some of the up-and-coming talent from the G League. Um, I just think it was a little bit too far of a uh, reach. Um, just because I kind of fall into the same boat as I like to just keep tabs on the guys that are playing in the NBA uh, because I because I feel like it's a little bit um, tough of a task to also keep track of the uh, G League guys as well. But um, I definitely give kudos to the uh, league for trying to be creative and for trying to think outside of the box. Okay. Yeah. I, to me, I don't, again, I think the G league players, they've got their own all-star game. Like if they're, if these players are good enough, haven't played in that. Um, I don't think they need to be in this. I again, want to focus on the NBA players, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things change. I at least liked the new format, the, uh, the bracket format. Again, the intensity was up. I also liked, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, uh, before the championship game, they had something called the Clorox Clutch Challenge. Um, So they had four teams of two racing to make five iconic shots from NBA history. Things like the the Ray Allen three from the corner to win the championship or the Damian Lillard deep three from the playoffs and wave bye-bye. Did you guys happen to catch any of that? Did not catch that portion of the evening. So I I recommend checking it out just because this is the type of thing that I, you know, to me, the NBA, they intended this as like, hey, this is a little side thing. Let's give people a breather and and throw something out there. I liked it. I I thought it fit into the concept of All-Star Weekend, particularly for this one, for the 75th anniversary, where they're trying to also like remember um, and promote the history of the game. And I thought this was a a clever way to do that. and even turning into a competition, having teams race to make that. So uh, kudos to the NBA for something little that I think um, should come back and maybe they can even do more with. And uh, I might come back to this idea when we talk about All-Star Saturday night, which is our next evening. Uh, so let's turn our attention there. We've got three competitions. we got the skills. we got three-point shootout and dunk contest. We will take them in order. And first, we're going to start off with the skills competition. At, oh, hashtag new format. Uh, so this is new team-based format here. Uh, what did you guys think of this? Peter, let's, uh, let's hear your I thoughts. Can, Talk uh, to me about the skills. Well, not is, is that I believe that myself and my two brothers could have performed better than the... Uh, Anton, Anton, <laughs> <laughs> I pronounced it correctly, right? Oh, yeah, definitely that, spot on. Yeah. Your oh, yeah, there was no, there was no butcher there at all, none <laughs> at all. Nope. So, I'm just so that sounds like that out there that I'm less than impressed by the shooting abilities from the uh, three Greek brothers there. All right, so I two things I'm taking away from that. One, we need to set up this competition. We'll set up a court. We'll get you and your brothers to play and see if you can beat their time. Uh, Let's I go. Think we can. We can do that. Um, and 
but number two, maybe it sounds like you did like the team-based format. This is no longer an individual competition. I was a bigger fan of how it was uh, run in the past, and I am apparently sounding like a uh, uh, like a senior citizen because I'm just hearkening for things in the past. But I thought that the team format was um, just a little bit funky, and I prefer the uh, individual uh, performances from years past. That is just my opinion. Brenton, what uh, say you, buddy? So I would agree with you. My personal preference, which means absolutely nothing in the realm of NBA basketball, but uh, it is my personal preference. My personal preference would be to have the way it used to be. But I'm going to throw something out there that I think I want to get your guys' take on. Why not do both formats? The weekend is big enough to do both the skills competition in a single format as well as a team format. I think that that would play up nicely. And I don't know about you guys, but the mini rap concerts or rock and roll concerts that they used as filler uh, could certainly be replaced with any number of things. And my suggestion would be to replace it with a double skills competition. I I think that um, if you had an opportunity to showcase individuals that could significantly dominate from uh, just doing some of the things that they used to do in years past, as well as implement some of the new things in that team format, I think that would provide a good perspective on who really has skills and how do you utilize those skills in these uh, difficult but uh, somewhat interesting little apparatuses. Um, I'm going to give you guys another take. I think, again, personal opinion, I think that there was a hometown fix in play, and that Mm -hmm. was – I think that was set up from the beginning. I don't think that anybody officially knew all the rules and they went to a tiebreaker rule and the tiebreaker rule was developed so that the, um, the one team from Cleveland could actually advance themselves ahead. And I don't think that you can say making an outlet pass into an imaginary target is better than making a bounce pass into another imaginary target. So having two teams tie and then going to a tiebreaker to see who made a better outlet pass, I think was a bit of just a, it just didn't have the right feel to it. You know, you got guys there competing. They're trying to make an effort. You could see that uh, people were genuinely trying and to go to a tiebreaker to see, you know, which type of pass you made equals a chance to compete in the finals. I thought that was just kind of strange. Your guys take. So, so Brenton thinks that it's a conspiracy that Cleveland won. I was going to go for just home court advantage. Um, and, and I'm actually going to do the exact opposite of what you just suggested, Brenton. Instead of doing both, my suggestion for the NBA for their new format is do neither. I don't think we need this skills competition at all. I don't think it's interesting. I don't think it showcases skills that are useful in any way. We're not Uh, dribbling around pylons back and forth or throwing through huge rings. It's not a part of the game. Get rid of it. Um, Which brings me to, well, then what do you replace it with? And as I thought about this, two ideas came to mind. Curious what you guys think. First one, Team Horse. So if you recall, they tried to do a horse competition for All-Star Weekend 
Um, I think actually COVID got in the way of that one because they had to do it remote and then they just kind of killed it. But something like Team Horse or even like a, a three-on-three type tournament. Uh, just some, If you want to keep it team-based, those are two ideas, but I just, like the skills thing has got to go. Interesting. Um, I like your take on that, and I was more so trying to fit it in going with the idea that it had to be there. I, I do, now that you mentioned that, I like the idea of taking it out. I don't think that it really serves a purpose, and mm-hmm. I'd be fully on board with some type of a replacement that included more of a showcase of actual talent versus just doing imaginary quote unquote skills competition. So good, good take there, Chris. I think you hit the nail right on the head. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. That'll be our, uh, one of our new uh, format suggestions. Chris, I was, Chris, I was going to actually blurt that out. I uh, think that horse would be a very fun uh, thing to view. I uh, think that these players are all very talented, and I'm pretty sure that plays, of course, uh, pick up games and uh, practice from time to time. So that is uh, something that I fun to watch. Yeah, I think it's a chance for them to showcase uh, either unique and creative skills, out-of-the-box thinking, athletic ability, luck, creativity, and, and the whole thing has such entertainment value. Um, I would tune in and uh, get me more interested than any skills competition. Unless, of course, that skills competition did have Team Govenda. So, I mean, that's that's something we can look forward to. So, let's move on to the next event. Uh, next event was a three-point shootout. Peter, 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 last time you were <laughs> incredulous that Carl Anthony Towns was even in this event. Give us your reaction now that he won. Silence. That's his reaction. <laughs> Just befuddled. Chris, can you uh, say that? Cutting out there for a second. <laughs> I'm going to assume it really did cut out. Even if it didn't, it's funnier that way. Uh, but Peter, <laughs> three-point three shootout. You couldn't believe Carl Anthony Towns was even in this event. Now he won. Give us your reaction. Um, my first reaction to it was... Stephen Curry should have been in to defend his title. My second reaction was a dozen eggs and throw them on my face because I did not expect <laughs> Carl Anthony Town to do much of anything. And my uh, boy's been practicing those three pointers. Uh, turns out that he can uh, he can he can shoot the rock a little bit. So I was sorely mistaken. Um, but I would have liked to see uh, Chef Curry in there stirring the pot. Um, I think it was a little bit of weak sauce and he was not in the so, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think a lot of people would have liked for Steph to have been in it. Uh, Bimo Chere was our guy. He didn't win. Uh, wasn't in Vegas to play a favorite Luke Kennard. He didn't win either. What do you make of all this? So I think that... Um... Peter, to be uh, blatantly honest, you are not alone. Uh, Vegas, nor Atlantic City, nor any other riverboat casino was on board with Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point shootout. The 
the odds were stacked against him. However, that has never made a difference in his life. And I think that he took a great opportunity to put in the work, put up some great practice time. And if you guys notice, his effort in shooting three-pointers is probably the most uh, minimal out of all the other competitors. Carl Anthony Towns may have elevated two inches off the ground in his uh, shots versus a guy like Luke Kennard, who is clearly taking a elevated jump shot. So I think that maximizing his energy and efforts, and he's developed a stroke that is smooth and coming from the seven footer. I don't think that um, anybody really expected him to do anything, but he just went out there and showed the world that big guys can shoot too. Uh, as far as Trey young, coming in and coming close. Uh, I do like to point out the fact that he is a very streaky shooter at times. And to consider that he was within two baskets of uh, achieving a higher score than Carl Anthony Towns and winning the whole thing uh, was really exciting for me. I, I was rooting for him. I was pulling for him. Him as well as uh, Kennard were at the top of the betting favorites ranks for uh, who was going to win. And I think that cat uh, basically just proved to the world that, Hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people think. It only matters what you think. So good on him for coming out and putting on a show. I think it was very exciting to watch. I do like this event more and more each year that we watch it because I think the league has grown accustomed to seeing guys make ridiculous shots and make them in ridiculous uh, rep repetition. So I think that that was exciting to watch. I, I would offer up a suggestion if we are coming up with thoughts as far as new formats and things like that, why not bump it out a foot or two? Let's have an NBA GM three point shootout where mm -hmm. you got guys taking 29, 30 footers and seeing if they can hit those as well. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, this was a fun competition to watch it didn't go the way that Chris and I wanted, but uh, it was still exciting and it had uh, some enjoyment for me to watch. And I will say that it was probably my favorite event of the evening. Um, definitely rank that higher than what we're going to get to in a couple minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like that a big man won. Um, I think of other big men in the NBA that it kind of shows there's a need for shooting. You've got Embiid, Jokic, Porzingis. Guys that are seven foot plus that can go out and hit the three, um, make it difficult on defenses. Uh, you run an easy pick and roll uh, or pick and pop. Like you've got options now with your big man. So I, I think it's a skill set that's more and more prevalent in the big men. And so I like seeing that one of them won it. It's also a uh, real quick point. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think what it's also doing for the NBA is it's causing on defense, big men to leave the paint and the post mm -hmm. and to come out and try to defend, which eliminates a lot of seven foot plus guys from attempting to block shots. So I think the game has changed significantly. I think all three of us would agree about that, but it's just very interesting to see that, you know, by doing, by having your big men be able, able to take that three point shot and not afraid to do it draws out the defender who would be a shot blocker and potentially is uh, increasing scoring overall for games. And I think that uh, the low post game is slowly uh, starting to give way to everybody wants to take a three and let's see how many you can make in a row. So just yeah, a quick I little agree. take. 
yeah opens up the entire game uh and i think that's fantastic one of the things i didn't like there was a comment i can't remember who made it It it's probably reggie miller because he never has a good take um he said something like oh no (laughs) carl anthony towns he's the best big man shooter oh and what might have been missing there was maybe some context maybe he meant in this competition or at this weekend or something like that but it, it had the uh, or of saying like all time, especially when you think that this is an all-star weekend celebrating 75 greatest players. This is an all time NBA view. Um, guys, what are your thoughts? Better big man shooters. Cause I don't think cat is number one. I can answer that pretty easily. It's uh name is Dirk. And it's, um, there he is. Maybe, maybe you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> he was a, uh, he was a uh, champion one. Uh, he took out the Eagles with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Um, it was basically Dirk and an aging Jason Kidd. And I don't know if you guys recall, but Dirk um, hit, a, hit a couple of long three-pointers in that series. It's, it's a little strange that Reggie forgot about the, uh, the uh, tall German there, who was pretty good at basketball. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think that Dirk definitely is top two, if not the probably one of the best big man shooters of all time. I, I would be interested to know what is your classification on what qualifies for a big man? Are we talking about anybody over 6'9", anybody over 6'10", or whether they play the forward or center position? What What's your classification on that? 6'10 and above. Okay. That, that is the official designation per me. Uh, okay. My requirements. I, I think that Cat's um, still way too early in his career to label him as the greatest uh, big man shooter of all time. I don't think that you could do that. Certainly not in comparison to the stats and the accolades that Dirk put up. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to know that given their longevity of careers and assuming they play out to the length that we expect them to, I think that Embiid actually has a better chance of being the most recent big time shooter as far as a big man over cat. I don't know what you guys think about that or not. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think whether you're talking volume, like who's hitting more threes uh, or if you're talking efficiency, um, or, or some combination of the two. I think those are probably the two names that would jump out to me right now. I actually think Carlton Towns might, you know, if everyone's healthy, if everyone plays similar amounts, Carlton Towns might come out ahead on that in terms of both volume and efficiency. Hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting at the end of their careers looking back. Now, I think the other piece that needs to be said is stats don't tell everything. Um, Correct. Because even if, even if Carlton Towns winds up with more threes than Dirk, let's say, I don't think we would at least right now say, okay, that means he's a better big man shooter. So, so last comment I have for a three point shootout, I'm going to go a little bit in uh, Brenton territory here and say, you know, let's expand this. And my thought here was we need more shooters. And Mm -hmm. so I thought bigger field of players, you could do this tournament bracket style, like a 32 player event, double elimination with like a final four head to head matchup at halftime of the all-star game. So you've got like this Saturday night prelude, all these guys coming out and it's really to determine who's the best shooter. And Hmm. if it gets that type of focus, like I think more player, you're more likely to get Steph, more likely to get 
the people who want to go out and prove, no, I'm the best shooter in the NBA. Um, and really just expand it, make it a bigger event. Cause I agree. It was the best of um, at least Saturday night, if not uh, almost the whole weekend. Hmm. Also, and to tag along to your point there, you know, if you do expand it, why do we need to have all the rounds be the same number of shots, right? Why don't we make mm-hmm. the, the first couple rounds be a possibility of only 20 points or something like that? I, you know, I just think that, if you were really trying to showcase and highlight the league's best shooters, it was clearly evident that some of them were getting tired by the end of that last rack, especially after their second or even their final round. So I think that um, it just could be something that we talk about and say, Hey, let's, let's expand this, but let's make it a little bit different so that you got, you don't have guys that are just exhausting themselves Mm -hmm. to try to make, you know, 75 or 90 different three pointers. So just a different take. Yeah. I I agree. I think that's a good call. If you've got enough players in the event, they're going to have enough rest time in between um, where hopefully they can, it won't be an issue on them. You know, you can go out, shoot hot for a minute, minute and a half, and then get a little bit of rest. Agreed. And I'll say if they do take this and expand uh, this three-point shootout, they can take all of the time away from this next event uh, to make room for that because we can actually eliminate the dunk contest altogether. The That dunk contest was an utter disappointment. Um, I don't know if you want to start comparing it to some of the really tragic dunk contests like 2005 with uh, Birdman, but this was bad. I feel like, Brenton, you might have had a chance this year, like if you had shown up. Just like Peter yeah. could have, and his brothers could have taken on the Antetokounmpo's, uh, Brett and you would have been just at home in the dunk contest this year. Yeah, um, you know, I would have uh, definitely created some platforms, jumped off of some platforms. That probably would have been more entertaining than watching somebody put on a pair of boots and trying to dunk. I just think mm-hmm. that it was a complete debacle. I don't know what the participants were after as far as what they wanted to draw in with crowd participation, there was just nothing. There was no enthusiasm. Nobody really cared. Nobody was on their feet. I remember, you know, some of those with uh, Vinsanity where you got every all-star player that was playing in Sunday's game glued to watching him and mm-hmm. what he could do. I mean, there was nothing that rose to that level. Not even one single dunk. There wasn't one single dunk that I looked at it and said, wow, that was impressive. And, you know, taking nothing away from those players, because I I believe they're all there for a certain reason. And certainly, you know, we jest about our abilities compared to NBA professionals. Obviously, I can't do any of the things that they do. But, I mean, come on. There was just no showmanship there. There was nothing to get excited about. And I, I really think that the NBA has a problem because this is almost in that category as pretty much unwatchable. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what do you think, Peter? Yeah, I, uh, I really think it was a sham. Um, especially when, uh, Cole Anthony was like putting on Timberland boots and, uh, like that, like that I uh, thought was pretty silly, but just the like fact that he like took up like 10 minutes of like putting on boots. And trying to run around and like hype the crowd up, it it it, it was like one of the most forced 
uh, dunk contest scenarios that I have maybe ever witnessed. And, oh, yeah, he uh, missed the dunk like eight times. It's like, what, what are we watching here? Like, somebody somebody on the sidelines should have just taken his spot. Like, they should have just kicked him out and been like, yo, Cole, you're out, buddy. Yeah, yeah I don't – I don't know. It, it just, it was very, you know, you're, you're bringing up a great point, you know, Peter, uh, the time, the time limit, I guess that was really what was lacking for me is we had nobody putting any type of pressure on any of the participants to step it up and go because I, you know, like you said, Cole Anthony took five, six minutes to put a pair of shoes on and a different, you know, Jersey. And I just think that you lost the whole crowd uh, in that instant mm-hmm. and there really wasn't much to go on after that um i i think I, i'm gonna rate my performers in uh order from i guess best to worst and you guys uh give me your take i think best was i would have to say the guy that won but he won by default if uh, if i'm giving an evaluation of his performance um Jalen Green, I guess you could put him into the second slot. You, you know, that's where he fell. But the, the two other gentlemen, uh, Cole Anthony and Juan Toscano Anderson, I don't think either one of them actually deserved to be there. And, um, I, you know, looking at Juan Toscano Anderson, he's not even the best athlete on his team. Now, I know that, you know, that doesn't always translate to amazing dunks, but I still think – Igadala could probably out jump him right now with the way his knees are. I, I just, I, I don't understand why he was a participant in the dunk contest. I don't know if they're looking at some of his in game dunks that just apparently wowed some people or what it was, but I, I thought that neither one of those guys actually deserved to be there and they showed it. Um, none of them brought anything that was exciting to watch. And I just think it was an overall failure. Um, so kick it back to you, Chris. What What is your take and how do we alleviate this from ever happening again? Yeah, first of all, I don't think that the that the players that are in the dunk contest, at least for the past several years, have been, I'm going to say, sought out and said, yes, you know, we really want you. I think these are people that just said, yeah, I'll show up and do it. Because I think one of the problems that the NBA has is this isn't a, a draw from their superstars. You haven't seen a LeBron in this. It's not like in the past we had Kobe, we had Vince Carr, we had Jordan, Dominique. It was the stars that were going there, and we wanted to see the amazing. Um, we've lost that for whatever reason. Uh, you could say it's because all dunks have been done. Uh, maybe not all of them, but at least 99%. Um, so I, I mean, I just don't think that they're going to get the players. And you're, when you don't have the players, you don't see the names there, with, with high cachet, they're really going to be a draw. It, it's already kind of taking the whole contest down a notch, maybe two. Uh, so I've been thinking about, you know, what do I do to make this watchable? And I came up with an idea. Uh, I think that we actually put a giant screen in the middle of the court and play back highlights from previous dunk contests. But you have a common set of judges and a common scale, and you re-rate all those old dunks. You have those dunkers on site to give commentary, background. You know, when did they first try that dunk? Where they come up with the idea? Um, but it's a way for us to, across generations, across years of dunk contests, have a combined best of the best. 
That's good. I like that. And, you know, I don't think that anybody would be sad to know that, you know, there's not going to be four obscure names that are dunking in front of you mm-hmm. after their 15th try, they actually get it to go through the net. So yeah, <laughs> good, good, good point. Um, I was thinking a little bit more technical and so you could have, you know, the best dunks of the year so far and maybe a conversion into an NFT. I don't know what you guys think about that, but you could have people rating the best in-game dunks. I think um, after seeing what John Morant can do lately, I, I would like to see that again and again. And then you could have that be converted into an NFT, and then you could potentially have people bidding on that auction style, generating a bunch of other cash. And just an idea that I have, I don't know, it's kind of obscure and kind of out there, but I I think that it would create some excitement and enjoyment for not only the players that are not participants, but also the the fans in the crowd. You know, if you're putting up a – an in-game dunk that just wowed people and got people off their seats, but it happened in Minnesota on a Tuesday night, you know, not everybody's uh, watching that or checking that out. So you never know who you're going to capture by reshowing some dunks of the past, or, you know, even to your point, Chris, some dunks that have happened in years, years past Uh, Mm -hmm. going back uh, quite a few years. And maybe you mix in, dunk contest as well as in-game dunks but uh, enough about that i don't think that it warrants any more attention from our perspective we hope you're enjoying the peach basket if you're a first-time listener welcome thanks for checking us out To make sure that you're always aware of great content like this in the future, please subscribe and tell a friend. Maybe set an alarm and even make a sticky note. Because you're not going to want to miss hearing the perspective of the pundits and the blatant basketball banter bandied about. Now let's get you back to the peach basket. Let's talk about the... I guess the the prize of the weekend, which is the All Star Game. This is what now the fifth year or sixth year of this new format. I think it is the fifth year, uh, okay. and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna jump in because what we've got here in leading up to the All Star Game, I'd like to start a new segment. Uh, this is a new segment here on Peach Basket that we call One on One, where we put two pendants or uh, two pundits against each other uh, with a penalty in play. So in the spirit of competition, I've devised a, uh, a collection of comparative questions for you gentlemen. We're going to see who the real super fan is. And what is the penalty? Well, the penalty, this comes from our number one fan, our number one listener. You know who you are. Uh, this is, um, so Peter versus Brenton. Peter, if you lose, you have to wear a LaMelo Ball All-Star jersey. Uh, <laughs> Brenton, if you lose, you're going to get an Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I, I knew and it was get, going there. Yeah. We get to pick where you wear this. Uh, it'll be out in public. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it, it will make it as awkward as we possibly can. So that's what we're playing for. Uh, so it's going to play out like this where I'm going to say, um, you know, hey, who, and I'll address it to one person who had more blocks in the All Star game, person A or person B. And it's, and that way you pick A or B and you're either right or wrong. Whoever gets the most right, they win. The other person has an all-star jersey. I'm ready. 
All right. Okay. Peter, start, let's start with you. Let's do it. Uh, who had more points in the All Star game, Lamelo Ball or Zach Levine? Uh, Zach Levine. That is incorrect. No, oh. Zach Levine had twelve, and Lamelo Ball, your favorite player, had eighteen. Uh, he plays for the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know if you know they had a team. Um, <laughs> oh, I, so. oh, I um, thought that I thought that we were talking about points in the fourth quarter when like guys actually started to play hard. Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't have fourth quarter individual stats, but uh, that that's a loss on that one. All right, Brenton, this next okay. one's for you. All Who right, had more steals in the All Star game, Giannis Antetokounmpo or Devin Booker? Um, I am going to say that would be Booker. I think Booker did. You are correct. Booker had four oh. steals to Giannis's three, which is either proof that there was defense in the game or that it was a sloppy game. Either way. All right, Peter, we're back to you. You're down one nothing. Um, who had more assists in the All Star game, LeBron James or Joel Embiid? Uh, Embiid. That is incorrect. Embiid only oh. had four. LeBron had eight. Oh dear. <laughs> Brenton is already running away with this. I, I should click on buy it now. Already for the Lamelo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brenton, this one's for you. Okay. Who had more points, Andrew Wiggins or John Morant? I I know the answer to this only because I paid attention to what Mr. Wiggins did, and he had more points than John Morant did. He did, yes, he did. Oh, he, he had more points than Luca. He like he. I'm sad to say he scored a couple buckets. He had ten points for our listeners out there that are curious about his total performance and. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to say anything else about it. I just know that he scored 10, pen, 10 points in the All-Star game. Okay. <laughs> Peter, I don't know if there's any way out of this. I'll, I'll bend the rules and we'll figure something out. Uh, this next question is for you. Uh, who had more rebounds, Jarrett Allen or Rudy Gobert? Mm. Ooh, tough one. Just for the pure fact that Jarrett Allen has some of the best hair in the NBA, I'm going to go with. That is correct. Good job. Yeah, he had nine and Gobert had six. Okay. Breton, this is the, the last question for you. Uh, this would be your sweep of the event if you got this. Um, in a rematch of the three-point shootout, who had more threes, Carl Anthony Towns or Trey Young? I think it was Cat. No, it was not. It was It Trey. was not. He got his revenge. Uh, Trey oh. had three. Yeah, Cat only had one. Okay. All right. Well, I, I think that's a win for Brenton. Mm. He, he got two right. Peter, you only got one. So it sounds like we're getting you a LaMelo Ball jersey. I will <laughs> take the L. I will take the L. No. Now, we get to determine when he we- when and where he nope. wears this jersey. Okay. I like this. That is correct. Yep. Okay. And that's, that's our segment called One-on-One. Nice. I like it. Uh, any, any, I know we're kind of coming to the end here. Um, all-star game was the only thing left. Uh, Brenton, as you pointed out, this was the fifth year of the new formats team. LeBron won again. Um, overall thoughts, Peter, what, what were your thoughts on the all-star game? Uh, I was, I was kind of disappointed, which is kind of the tenor of this whole weekend. Um, I, 
am just hoping for the days where players actually try in this game. Um, I didn't watch the first half on purpose because I knew that it was going to make me harken back to the days of, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant when they were like actually going for like dudes jugulars in these, in these uh, games because they, because they actually cared. Um, It was just, it was just a lot of apathetic basketball and I mean, I think the one takeaway that was pretty neat was that I thought that Chef Curry uh, showed us that he's probably the best shooter of all time. Um, I mean, there was really no defense being played, but the fact that he made 15 three-pointers is just ridiculous. Um, he, he must have made one when you weren't looking as well. Uh, he finished with 16. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, shows that my basketball knowledge is uh, – Less than stellar because I also I also thought that Zion Williamson played for um, the uh, New Orleans Hornets. That is all right, Pete. I bet in some point in the future when Zion gets traded, because that will be an eventuality, uh, it'll be an opportunity to either confuse more or for you to be right. Maybe he will play in Charlotte. Never know. <laughs> Never know. Never know. Uh, Breton, any... Uh, you know, highlights for you from the All-Star game? Uh, you know, uh, in watching Steph Curry just basically go out there and put on a shooting clinic mm-hmm. for how to pick apart uh, just different ways to get open, I, I felt like I was just watching some type of shooting clinic. I mean, at least three, maybe if not four of them, he wasn't even looking at the basket when it went in. So I just think that, you know, for him, he's got such a pure stroke that he he already knows when it leaves its leaves his hand, whether or not that ball is going down. And I, I think that that was really exciting to watch. Um, I was expecting a little bit more of a higher scoring game. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. why. I think that this year you had some guys that were kind of sick of LeBron, quote unquote, cherry picking his favorite performers to make sure that he gets the win. I think that um, anytime you have a five time or five consecutive teams win this event that I don't know, maybe you have to handicap it a little bit, you know, maybe he doesn't get to pick everybody that he wants, or maybe, maybe he's forced to take Andrew Wiggins. I don't know. There's a number of different things that you could do with it, but I just think that um, I expected a little bit higher of a score. And I also thought that given the crunch time, I I would have liked that to be extended. It felt like it got quickly to the very end and then it was like, boom, LeBron hits the shot and it's over. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have liked to seen that extend a little bit more. I understand that's how they create the format, but you got guys that are, mean are fourth quarter performers that are sitting on the bench and you're basically watching a couple guys just kind of go at it. I I don't know. I I think that you've got to get more participation. You've got to get more opportunities to showcase at the end when everybody's really, really trying. And I tell you what, Joel Embiid was really, really trying to go out there and put on a show from now. I know that these stats don't really translate into anything in particular, but from an efficiency perspective, he put on kind of uh, quite a show. 
And um, he did it quietly because Steph Curry put up 50 and he made 16 three-pointers. But Joel Embiid is the real deal, and it'll be interesting to see down the stretch now that Harden is back, um, what they can do. So I, I think that it was a, a fun game to watch. It wasn't amazing. It was uh, really an opportunity to kind of see what people are doing. And during our last episode, one of the guys that I highlighted was DeJounte Murray. I mm-hmm. did like to see that uh, he he was pretty involved and um, he he put up some stats. So. Yeah, I agree. He was great. And I honestly haven't seen him play much this year, um, but I liked what he was putting on display. Uh, got me. He went up my scale in terms of players that I like. So whether it be fantasy purposes or tune in for entertainment, uh, I'll be looking to catch some more of him. I was also kind of surprised with Cleveland players and they've maybe been a surprise the whole year, uh, but Darius Garland, Mobley, Jarrett Allen, like um, I don't typically tune into Cleveland games, but uh, I liked what they were were showing. So I might I might watch a few more. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the only other thing that I had here to comment on was, uh, you know, at halftime they did their their ceremony for the greatest uh, as part of the 75th anniversary, the top 75. Oh wait, I'm sorry, the top 76 players of yes. all time. Yes, because 76. We, we can't even count. And I, I'm struck by the uh, how different this is. This isn't the early 90s um, where I'm watching NBA inside stuff with Ahmad Rashad and they're talking, it's a segment on the importance of staying in school. This is the one and done era as far as college. So we don't even care about counting anymore. We don't need accuracy. Don't stay in school. You don't even need to count to 75. Um, <laughs> I was very frustrated by that whole debacle. Um, but at the same time, I was happy to see that they acknowledged these players. Uh, there was a call out to being the greatest, um, not only for the original 50, but as well for the 26 that they've added to it. So quick take on that. And do you think that the original 50 has to stay in the 50 or is there any leniency to potentially bump a player out uh, once you go out 25 years from the last time this happened? My suggestion would be that just because you made the top 50 at the 50th anniversary doesn't mean you're guaranteed a spot in the top 75. I think that they should be allowed to reshuffle and put some guys in there that maybe got snubbed. Uh, One name that comes to my mind, I don't know if you guys would agree, is T-Mac is not in the top 76 players of all time. I don't know how or why, but He's not. And I would make an argument that if you look at what he did just as a player, I know that he never really achieved that level of championship or that caliber of play that he just, you know, took over in the playoffs. But I do think that he certainly deserves to be there probably over some of the guys that have fallen by the wayside. Um, So we could save that for a separate discussion, but I think that, um, just because you made the top 50 doesn't mean that you get a spot in the top 75 or 76 if we're going by their format. I I agree with that. I actually had to look to see if they had uh, taken anybody out of the top 50 and they did not, they did keep them all, but I agree. I don't think that there's a requirement that you need to do that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well guys, I I think that's a wrap. I think that's a great review of all-star weekend and our reactions to new formats. Some work, some they might need to do some tweaking some more. Uh, BMO, any final thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys caught this or not. So when they're announcing all the uh, players, 
Uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett were out there already, as well as LeBron James. If you haven't seen this, do me a favor. Go look it up. Uh, look and see what happens when Ray Allen came out. Whose hand Ooh. he shook, whose hand he did not shake. Um, you will okay. you will, you will, will not be disappointed. I think that uh, Mr. Allen threw some shade at his former championship teammates, and they were not happy about it. So Ooh. that's the let. That's the last thought I'll leave you with is uh, something for you to go research and look up, but there's still some animosity when it comes to Mr. Garnett, Mr. Pierce and uh, their fellow teammate in Mr. Ray Allen. So I think that uh, that was a fun take. Um, I like to see when people squirm sometimes it's interesting to see how they respond and how they act. So that was a fun one, but uh, overall a decent all-star weekend. I think that it brought some, enjoyment to my watching and I forever will be an NBA fan. And just because this was a horrible dunk contest does not mean that I will stop watching people dunk the basketball in the NBA. Nice. Good call. Peter, any closing comments? Uh, Watching all-star weekend made me want to watch real basketball that much more. Nice. All right. Well, I, again, I think that's a wrap, guys. I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a preview. Next time, we're going to go through some listener comments uh, and hear what our, our fans have to say. I think we can also make some predictions as the countdown to the playoffs is underway. Seeding is very much still up in the air. Lots of teams on the bubble, particularly in the East. So there's a lot to get to there. Uh, so in, in closing, as always, thanks for tuning into this episode. Uh, I guess, you know, we can start taping some of your own dunks to submit for future dunk contests or uh, you and your brother is playing basketball because you're better than other people in a skills competition. Send them to us. We'll watch. We will be the real judges. Uh, No worries here. Uh, So thanks again. This has been Peach Basket. How do I sound, Peter? You sound like a golden unicorn. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.